Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao what's going on everybody it's your boy val uh before we get into today's episode i felt that it was necessary to speak a couple of words um it seems that the side room podcast will be no more um bx Lou, Kendall and I decide to go separate directions, do separate things, and do separate projects as well, too. Um, I wish them best on everything that they're going to do and everything that they're going to collaborate, and as well as they wish me the best on my creations that I have here. Um, There's no hard feelings whatsoever. People just have to go different directions, so um, I wish them the best of luck. Um, I do thank everybody out there who's listened to the Side Room Podcast and gave us support. Um, thank you for the listens and for the likes and the comments and kind words and the time that you spent listening to us as a group. And hopefully um, that can transition into my thoughts and my views. And if you would want to stick around and see what I have to bring to the table, that would be great as well, too. Um this was formerly known as the Sidecast, but um, due to circumstances, I'm changing the name. This will now be dubbed Sideshow Conversations. Something I just came up with as far as different show attractions, MMA, pro wrestling, you know, the carny life, um, comic books, anything the freaks like, the freaks love, we want to love as well too. So whether it be uh, movie reviews, comic book news, whether it be MMA news, whether it be pro wrestling news, whether it be just reviews or fun shenanigans, just talking around the block, you know, just regular barbershop talk, everything and anything, segments, whatever it is, I kind of want to bring that to the table. So I want to make this parade your parade and um, I want you to join the parade. So once again, everybody that's out there. Thank you again for listening to the Side Room Podcast. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode and continue to join me as we um, make some moves in this world. So thank you, everybody, once again, and please enjoy. You are now tuned. You are now tuned into. You 
Thank you everybody for joining us once again. This is the newly revamped Sideshow Convos. It's your boy, your host, Val. And always joining me with these little uh, pop five conversations. It's your boy from the Stoop and from the Kimura Chronicles, your boy Jay Rance. What's going on, bro? I'm so hyped. You know, first episode, new project. I, bro, I was about to bust out a little putty sound, like, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm yeah. hyped right now, man. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm hyped as well, too. You know, um, it, it, it just, and I'll give an explanation. You probably heard the explanation before this, but yeah. um, right now, this is um, one door closes, another door opens, and we're always going to keep the same format, the same shows, like Pop 5, Wrestling With My Thoughts, mm-hmm. and we're still rolling with the Kimura Chronicles, so... Um, well, we'll leave that aside right here. I'm excited for this because this right here, this shit right here, this is something that we were talking about last week. And you know what? This is kind of near and dear to our hearts. This is Pop 5 Best RPGs. Mm, this one, yeah, when you announced it on the last one, bro, this one got me stupid hype. I was like, yeah, we got, we have to do this because, like you said, it's near and dear to the hearts. And it's it's a tough list. It's not, I, You know, like I said... I thought I was just gonna freelance it, like oh, I'm not I'm gonna put no work into this, but no, it, it it actually nipped me in the ass. This list, bro, it's pretty tough. You know, it nipped me in the ass maybe like the first day or so, and then I really started yeah. thinking because I remember all the RPGs playing as a kid and till these days, and I I remember fond memories of certain things of like certain mm-hmm. games like um, Grania or certain things like Chrono Cross and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I never had the, the same love and desire as I have for these top five that I want to give. So there are going to be some honorable mentions. We're going to mention them, but the same token though, um, this this is this, this got me hyped. This got me interested. If anything, this got me wanting to play some old games again. I don't know about you. <laughs> nah, bro, that 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 ass because like. When I'm doing the list, I'm sitting here reminiscing, and it's just taking me down memory lane. And you know, um, it's I'm just picturing myself back in the room. You know, those sleepless nights where I'm just oh, going late, two, three in the morning because the game is so good, and you don't want to put it down, you don't yep. want to save it. You yep. know, yep. And it just took me to all that, and just. PS1, PS2 days, PS3, PS4. It just brought me back to a good time of gaming. And I even thought about it just going to GameStop or something. Like, hey, how much is a used PS2, PS1? You know? Word, tell me about that, man. I felt the same exact way. Like, reminiscing the days is grinding and grinding into a Mm -hmm. game. And back in those times, you know, for those kids out there who are 18, 19 years old listening to this, there was no save points or auto save or anything like that. There was, if you didn't have a cartridge, if you didn't have a memory card or anything like that, your ass was grass. 
So <laughs> I remember we used to store memory cards like they were gold. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back then, the most prized possession for you when you were growing up as a gamer, as a child, it was your memory card. You yep. didn't care about nothing else. <laughs> it was your memory card. Sometimes I remember people would even go outside with their memory cards on them because they didn't want to lose them. Yep. You know? So yeah, memory card cases. <laughs> yeah, the memory card cases, and, and then and then it was pretty cool because you remember when you go into it to delete a memory, you had the little icon whatever emoji whatever you want to call it of each save file and stuff like that when you go into it yep like those memory cards are pretty cool and then they came out with so many colors i remember um i know i'm ranting right now but that's why like i love this topic like you know me i'm a video game head yep. so like i remember going to toys r us picking up um tenchu for the ps1 yep, when it yep. came out for the first time and I already had a memory card, mind you. I already had two, but I saw a red one. I was like, I need it. Like, I, was like, I was like, I need that red one in my life. So, yeah, man. Nah, I was the same way growing up as well, too, with games. I, I can't even go into because I don't want to spoil my honorable mentions. But the same token, yeah. though, just grinding away, looking at um, mm -hmm. what I can do. And it's crazy because it's so archaic to think about this because if we look back on gamers before us putting cheat codes to get to a certain level, Oh, yeah. You know, um, how how we felt about them with memory cards. And now well, how people will probably look at us like, damn, what are memory cards? What's that? What's the mm. what's expansion pack? What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. crazy to think, uh, you know, how we get in our age and how things and times have changed when it comes to gaming and how gaming's evolved throughout the last yeah. 40 to 50 years. Yeah, man, it definitely has. Because if you look at games today, and like when you were saying that about evolving, I just thought about games like... Um, Legend of Dragoon, yeah. you know, um, Final Fantasy. I don't want to mention RPGs, but you remember those games, they were so long that some of them came, like, on four cases. Yep. I mean, four CDs, excuse yep. me, like, four discs, you know. So gaming has evolved from memory cards. I remember, you know, sometimes just to have fun, you know, flip on the little switch for the Game Shark. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> game Shark was life. <laughs> yeah, bro. You want, like, 20,000 potions? You got it. Oh, uh, you got it. Just flip that on switch, man. It's yours, like... <laughs> I remember I used Game Shark to beat a game once just so I could catch WrestleMania 14. Excuse me, WrestleMania 14. Oh, and yeah, I, yes. you remember that night. You remember that night. I was in my house playing it, and I was like, "No, I want to watch WrestleMania 14." I flipped the Game Shark on. Special. <laughs> oh man, good times though. Good times, bro. And these are great times as well too. Um, going into this, I'm gonna kind of start off today. I'm gonna throw my top Ooh, five for this one. So ahead, bro. Um, this one's a little different because mm -hmm. um, a lot of my picks, I, I, I'm really guessing they may be different from yours. This one definitely is going to be different. I always start my, start my top five with something a little bit out there, but it's near and yeah. dear to me. Mm -hmm. um, this game came out in America in 2007, came out in Japan in 2006. It was Xbox 360's first multi-disc mm -hmm. game. For okay. RPG or for anything at that matter, this is Blue Dragon. Ooh, Blue Dragon. I always wanted to play that game. I never had an Xbox, you know me. So, yeah. But I always wanted to play that game. Was it good? You know me. Someone that had the Red yeah. Ring of Death like four or five times. <laughs> I used to love my Xbox 360. That was like my, that was my limit breaker right there. For all yeah. the heads out there loving RPGs. That was my <laughs> shit right there. So with Blue Dragon, this was a game that no, not only had... The, the fantasy with um, dragons and mystical arts. We also had the art from Akira Toriyama, who's the um, 
the showrunner for Dragon Ball Z. So you had a lot of mm-hmm. resemblance from those characters as well, too. Um, yeah. You had Avatar-based characters where these um, kids, where it, it kind of had like um, their own persona into a dragon in a way, and they all mm-hmm. had their own characteristics. It was a turn-style game. It's an RPG, but it's a turn-style game mixing strategy, mixing time attacks, and mi- mixing limb breakers as well, too. Uh, it was one of the first open-world RPG games for the Xbox 360 as well, too. Mm, yeah. um, it was made as well, too, from some of the creators in Square Onyx as well, too, at the time. So it had a lot of going, going on for it. It was sold out in Japan the first day when it came to America. It had mixed reviews. One of the biggest mixed reviews was because it was traditional turnstile. And I yeah. think um, by 2006, 2007, we as gamers, you know, we were a little bit savvy with more open world play, more um, control for our characters. So having a turnstile game was very archaic at that time. And yeah. people were either panning it or loving it for its traditional style. Me, myself, I loved it because of the soundtrack, because of the art design from Toriyama, because of the dragon design, because of the avatar aspect. And because mm-hmm. the story was pretty fun, it was a it was a good game to step out of your traditional RPG at the time. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I remember that was the one with like the blue dragon on the cover. Yep, and it was like kind of like cartoony coming up, like some what like a genie or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. If you look at yeah. um, a comparison, Dragon Quest. It has characters mm-hmm. that kind of look like that as well to resemble that. So if you're a fan of those kind of games, you'll love Blue Dragon. It spawned off many little different. Um, um, other games coming out for Nintendo, coming out for the Xbox, coming out for different little smaller systems as well, too. Came, um, it formed from a manga originally, and it yeah. actually had its own show as well, too, for a couple of years. So it, it's a big hit in Japan. I, I feel horrible that it wasn't as big as it should have been in America. I think this is a game that came out too early because we were still in the midst of either leaving traditional turnstile behind and also... Yeah not feeling as nostalgic as we should be as well, too. If it would have came out now, it would have been a hit. My fault for cutting you off, but it, I feel like it's also one of those things where um, it was in the age of, uh, as a gamer and as the gaming industry was kind of trying to move forward from that cartoony look, you get yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely. That's what I think kind of was the biggest detriment to it because I remember seeing it, and like I said, it looked cool, it looked dope. I was like, I want to play this. I, I, you know, I was never an Xbox head, always PlayStation, you know what I mean? So, but I was like, eh, it's too cartoony. Like, you know, so I think it was at that age when people were moving on to like a little bit more, you know, like not adult theme, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Not as cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely agree on that. And for anybody who's interested in this game, it is on the Xbox right now, store for $20. So if you are feeling nostalgic for a classic turn style kind of RPG, JRPG, go for it. It's, it's a great game. It's a solid game. It's long. I miss long games. No offense to all these short games out there. Sometimes, you know, as a busy <laughs> man like myself, I'm in and out, but I do crave for a long game that gives me that, um, that gives me the pleasure of being in the long game, not just a grind, but actually having story development, story arcs, interesting characters. So $20 on Xbox. You can go get it now. Um, before I let you re- go off on yours, I want to mm-hmm. give an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, my honorable mention for, t- for number five was going to be Lost Odyssey. Ooh, I, you know what? That's what I thought you were going to go with, Lost Odyssey. I was like, oh, okay, I know he's going with Lost Odyssey. You know, Lost, it was yeah. going to be Lost Odyssey. The soundtrack alone for Lost Odyssey was was what lured me into the game. Again, it's like a game for the Xbox 360 that had multi-disc as well, too. The thing about mm. Lost Odyssey was that it kind of was the poor man's Final Fantasy at the time. 
And oh. not, not to disrespect that whatsoever, because it's a great game. It's a fantastic game. It's just, once again, it still came in the same time where we were just trying to break away from turnstile games and go into something mm-hmm. a little bit more different. So this is why I felt like this was a little bit more better in my case, because I love Blue Dragon to death. Um, I still have it on the Xbox right now. I'm replaying mm-hmm. it right now, and I'm enjoying it. So if it's a game that I could replay over and over again after, what, 10 years, it's, uh, yeah. it's the balls on my top five. Yeah, it definitely has to be on your top five if you got that love for it. Go for you, man. Uh, I want to hear yours. But with your top five, I'm going to, you know, I don't know if you're going to see this one coming, but it was released in February 1998 in Japan. It hit the U.S. around the same year, but in October. And you should get it. It was the debut entry into the Xeno franchise. Mm-hmm. So right there off the bat, everybody should get it. And it's Xeno Gears for the mm-hmm. PlayStation 1. So I I could have put this game way higher. But you know, I, I, like I thought like, you were. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely could have put it way higher, but I feel like everything else above above it is just it has more sentimental value. Because honestly, this list is based on sentimental value. Yep. So um you know it's a great game, and it's um it was actually produced by a husband and wife combo by I don't want to butcher these names, but it was by Tetsuya uh, Takahashi awesome. and his wife Kaora uh, Tanaka, something like that. I'll so take it. It, yeah, so it was a, a husband and wife combo, and it was actually proposed as a Final Fantasy VII, but then they said no, we're gonna make it our own franchise. You know, mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool about it that you know that has like already legitimacy, like oh it was proposed as a Final Fantasy VII, so you know. But what I really liked about this game, it was like everything, like the music, the the the, the theme. You know, I'm always a sucker for two warring nations. You get what I'm saying? Right. I'm always I've always been a sucker because of that because it's like two factions. You know, each nation has its strength and its weakness. I I like that. I find that interesting. So you see that in this game, and um, like I said in the last one, I'm a sucker for mechs you know, mechanoids and stuff like that and humanoid suits. So it had that aspect that they would dig these mech suits out the ground and use them for the war and stuff like that. And um, it was kind of cool because it has a lot of um, psychological and um, religious symbolism in the in the game because the main character, the protagonist, uh, Fei Fang Wang, I think it is, something uh-huh. like that's his name. Uh-huh. He, if, if, if people remember playing the game, he has a lot of... Um, you know how they say it issues you know like a lot of subconscious and split personality so you see that you know come out in the gameplay and in the storyline so i found that kind of cool and the characters the supporting cast was amazing you know you had bart i think he was like a uh dual wielding no that was billy excuse me he was like a dual wielding religious fanatic and then mm-hmm. you got good you got bark he's like, like um a pirate from the desert so it was just awesome and like i said i remember spending many hours in this game and actually, I did not give this game a chance. I think it was one of our friends that he told me, like, oh, bro, no, I'm going to lend it to you. Play it. It's good, you know? So I picked it up, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty dope. And I could have put it way higher, but I think five is perfect where it's at. Like, how did you – did you you ever play that game, right? Oh, I, I love that game. I, I, yeah. I knew this was going to be part of your top five, number one, because yeah. the whole – Neck suits. Number one, I know that's your forte right there. <laughs> yeah. Anything that has to do with semi Gundam is your forte. Yeah. And I love the game. The game had a great battle system. The, uh, the story mm-hmm. was fantastic. It was, once again, 
a long game and you have to actually yeah. put time into these games. These are mm-hmm. the type of games back in the day where you had to look at every single conversation because it actually broke down the story. Not like just yeah. passing by a person and be like, I don't want to speak to you. No, you actually had to speak to characters to figure out what was going on or else you'd be lost. This is not a game where you could be like, oh, I'm going to put it down for 10 months and come back and I'll be okay. No, because you'll be lost as fuck. Um, part of my language, yeah. looking at this game as well too, um, it was revolutionary as well. Um, having the graphics that it was given, uh, especially for the system that it was at as well, too. The graphics were just amazing for this time. And then, just in general, the story was just fantastic. The villain is just great. I love that game so much. Yeah, no, the villain was great. And it it was just the complete package for me, so that's why I had to put it number five, you know. Great supporting cast, like, as in the characters, great character development, because from from the start, you see the protagonist, like, he jumps in the mech suit to save the city, I mean, to save the town, excuse me, but he actually ends up destroying it. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. So, like, yeah, and he has to leave the town. So I was like, okay, what happened? And then you see that split personality development. It's just an awesome game. If anybody out there has a PlayStation 1, if they still own one and they can pick it up, I'm sure it's, like, super cheap right now. Mm-hmm. If you can find it, like, definitely it's a PlayStation 1 RPG game that you must play if you're an RPG fan. But following your method, I'm going to give my honorable mention. And my honorable mention, I actually, I could have put this one again in my top five, but I'm going to have to go with Vagrant Story. Wow. Yeah. I could have put, you thought this was on my list? I thought that was going to be like your number three or four, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I could have put it, but um, I just had to leave for honorable mention. I felt Vagrant Story for what it was doing at that time. It was kind of like you said, it was breaking the traditional um, RPG turn-based style because the battle system was amazing, you know, like you bring up the attack um, thingy uh, method or whatever you want to call it. I can't find a word for it, but mm-hmm. it like does the whole bubble dome. And then there you pick the targets and you run around. And then it was also uh, innovative because it was doing like linking combos. You get what I'm saying? At certain right. moments, you had to press square or something to add a poison effect, you know, so it was kind of linking and doing that that little combination and stuff like that. And the story was pretty amazing. The graphics were dope. And it was just something different for its time. And, like, I remember picking it up without even knowing what it was. And I fell in love with it immediately. And I know you played it, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's a dope RPG. Oh, definitely, definitely. Anybody yeah. who gets a chance to play that game again, please do it. I know they're still on, uh, I think PS Vita and PSP are still around, mm-hmm. I believe. If you could grab it on that, it's definitely on that. Um, I do have a yeah. question, though. <clears throat> yeah. When it came to this certain scene. I want to know, is it in Xenogear or Xenosaga? There's a scene where, at the end of it, two characters are beating the dark. Which one is that one? The, the, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. They're beating the what? They're beating in the dark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget which uh, one it is. Yeah, I forget which one it is because I play Xenosaga as well for the PS2. Um, but that sounds more a little... I mean, I don't know. I don't really remember, but I'm going to... Oh, I may be wrong, but it sounds something more like a Xeno Saga, I believe. Like, I think I it was Xeno Saga yeah. as well, too, because I remember that scene cracked me the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, as little Zeno kids, Saga. we played yeah. this game, and then we were like, oh, okay. So oh, monkey wait. business going on right this now. Right? Monkey business. <laughs> like, yeah, but I remember the scene, though. Yeah, I just don't remember what game it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go into my number four for that right there. And this mm-hmm. one may be... Um, a little controversial for you because either you have this on your list or you probably has it as an honorable mention, but probably higher too. Um, mm. I'm putting it on because this far, only because it took me about, 
I want to say eight or about six about six years to be exact mm-hmm. yeah to really love this game um this game sold over 32.3 million dollars has a sequel as well too maybe not as good but still has a cult following um okay. it it's a game changer when it comes to the playstation 2 so my number four is final fantasy 10 Ooh, not I actually don't have that on my list. So wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't okay. ha- I don't have that. Yeah, I don't have that on my list. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, personally, it, like I said, when this first came out, I didn't like it. I don't know what it was. Just mm-hmm. something about it turned me off. Maybe because I was just so in love with the past games that this was such a uh, a jump, a, a leap ahead of this time that I was just yeah. wasn't ready for it, and it took me. To really um, like a fine wine age into this game and really appreciate everything I had to give you at that time. I mean, looking at where it debuted, it debuted at the turn of the century when the PlayStation Two first came out as well. Too, this was PlayStation's first PlayStation Two's first Final Fantasy game. It was the first game to actually show the power of the PlayStation Two with the voice mechanics. You finally had to hear characters talk in these games. You still had subtitles, of course. You could choose it if you didn't want to have it or not. But the same token, they were interacting with each other they were talking with each other um you had characters who looked beautiful to, to the point where the graphic engine itself was on par with the little cutscenes that they would do i mean the graphics were just amazing the characters were amazing even though i felt like titus was a little whiny who was the main character yeah. of the game i felt that characters like Oren, waka you know these characters were so diverse and so tactical and so uh new to the Final Fantasy um, world, in my opinion, you had things like Blitzball, which mm-hmm. was just like water soccer right there, you <laughs> yeah. know, which just was amazing in itself. I mean, you could get lost in games of Blitzball by yourself without even playing the damn game. Um, mm-hmm. I, it was innovator uh, when it came to Final Fantasy with the skilling level, the spear system. That was new. Um, the the finishers and limit breakers were new as well too. It was more of a time based attack as well too. Um, that was a far different from any of the other genres that were coming out as well too. Um, this game, yeah, it did spawn a sequel, Final Fantasy X two, which, like I said, does have a cult following. I never enjoyed it the way I, I maybe should have, but maybe it's because I was just it, it, it didn't gravitate to me as much as other people did. I always want to play it. I, I have actually the game still. It was re- released on the PlayStation 4 X um, and X2 together. So whenever I get a chance, I'll pop that in and see how that is. But Final Fantasy X itself, great game in my opinion. Nah, I agree with you. And I, I, I don't even bash what you said in the sense that you have to grow into that game because... I had the same problem. I I picked it up. I played it. I was so thrilled. But it was a game that the more I played it, the more it gave me. So the more I wanted to be consumed by it. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Because it's one of those things where off the bat, I was like, like you said, like, oh, no, I'm really not not, not feeling this game. But then the more I played it and the characters, like I, like you said, they were unique. You got the character like Oren, Waka. Um, what was his name on the... The, the human tiger, Kamari or something like Kimari. that? Kamari. Even yeah. the villain with Sin with the father-son yeah, dynamic. Sin, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, they had their unique characters, and it was it was dope. It's a game that once you get the wheels flowing, and, but then also, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go rant. I, I it, it felt so lackluster for me because one of our friends beat it in front of me with one shot. So I was yeah. like, you remember that? Yeah, I, I remember. remember. 
Yeah, I was like, come on, bro, don't do this. I'm just going to end them. 900, 999. I'm like, oh, there goes the love for the game. So, but <laughs> it, it is a good game, though. But I feel 10 2 is better. That's just my opinion. I feel Ooh. like, yeah, I feel 10 2 is better. I mean, uh, 10, awesome storyline. I am not bashing it. It is a dope game. But I, what I liked about 10 2 really off the bat, it captivated me with it was more, you know, like that little pop intro that you get with the. Yuna singing and stuff like that. And it was one of the first games that gave you three lead female characters that the playable characters were just straight females. Right. So that for me was pretty damn awesome, you know? One of the biggest things that came out with uh, came out of this game, what to me was the graphics though. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I love it to, to, mm-hmm. to this day because it was such a change from Final Fantasy IX, from Final Fantasy VIII and Seven, where you still have pixelated characters. This mm-hmm. right here actually gave us, for its time as well too, fully fleshed out characters that look like almost exactly like the cutscenes. So that right there was. Uh, a plus for me. The mini games were a plus. It kept me intri- intrigued uh, throughout the years of playing this game. And um, to me, this is one of the first Final Fantasy games that left that much of a cliffhanger at the end. It yeah. made you want yeah. another one, and that was the intention yeah. with X Two, I believe. Yeah, that that was because it was a direct sequel, um, X Two. But it just never really. To some people, it just never really fulfilled or took its spot as a direct sequel because 10 like you said was kind of like such a cliffhanger you get what i'm saying exactly what they delivered in 10 2 wasn't what people were expecting exactly i I agree with you on that but yeah um this is something near dear to my heart though yeah no no, go ahead go ahead i cut you off no yeah and yeah i was gonna touch the graphics because i didn't touch the graphics but it's true what you say because when that game came out it was kind of like pushing not saying that physically, you know, pushing the PlayStation to the limits that it doesn't function right, but they were doing it, just, you know, taking it to that max level with those graphics. And it's like you said, it wasn't the pixelated, you know, you actually got like a, hey, like a, it's like an actual human. You get what I'm saying? So no, yeah. you didn't get the little pixelated views. When I look back at me first playing the PlayStation 2, the first games that I remember profoundly was mm-hmm. Devil May Cry, first graphics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy X. I mean, just the graphics alone made me feel like, damn, this is the next wave in the future. And to be honest, and maybe this is a dig, and I uh, anybody could dig at me if they want to, but this is a dig to just gaming in general. I haven't felt that yet since I haven't felt that change that that like Mm. that changing of the guard. Maybe because I'm so accustomed to gaming after the last what ten years, but nothing has shocked me and said, damn, like that right there that blew Mm. my mind away. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. Like, hey, uh, variety makes the world go around. It's the spice of life. Right. There was one game, and that's number one in my list. Oh. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think you're going to see this one coming. But you say you haven't felt that. That game made me feel that. Okay. All right. That game, yeah, that game made me feel that. And I get what you're saying because gaming and RPGs at a point was kind of stale. You know, you had a lot of... Um, I don't want to say indie RPGs, but you had a lot of flying under the radar RPGs. Like, you know, when a movie sometimes comes out, it just goes straight to DVD. You yep. get what I'm saying? Yep. It has, yeah, it has that type of feel because there was a bunch of RPGs coming out, but there was nothing really, you know, captivating. But what's your honorable mention for the number four? Oh, my honorable mention is Final Fantasy 15. Oh, whoa. Yeah. You put that as an honorable mention? <laughs> because I feel it's still too fresh today, right now, to really mm-hmm. say that it's. L- made a, a lasting impression on my life 
mm-hmm. or in gaming right now. It's an incredible game. It's a game where where I had so much fun just doing different things, variety of things, uh-huh. fishing, camera work, different things like that, interacting with my characters. You know, it, it was a fun bounty hunters ish game. It had a lot of. Yeah. Uh, elements of uh, Monster Hunter I felt in that game, which I love Monster Hunter. That's one of my favorite games as well, too. Yeah. Um, but at the same token, though, I felt it was too fresh, in my opinion, to really throw that out there yet. No, oh, no, I mean, I agree with you. That's that's your list, you know. Uh, it, it It is a dope game, you know. Uh, that game, kind of, like you said, is kind of like one of the, you know, freshest RPGs, and it, it, it's actually one of the hottest RPGs out, you know. So Yeah, it is. It is. It, it, it is. It definitely did do that. I just want to see if it's if it lasts as long as people see it right now. I mean, people are looking at it as a, as somewhat of a game changer in the Final Fantasy realm, but yeah. I want to know five years from now, are people going to still remember this game as a damn? That was that game back in the I, day. I believe they will. Sorry for cutting you off, but I, I believe they will because it, it it's a good game. I believe they will, and the the characters and stuff. You know, I you know I I mean. I don't want to touch too much into it because it is a dope game. So maybe I have it as an honorable mention as well, or maybe it's on my list, you know? So oh. that's why, yeah, that's why I really don't want to, you know, divulge too much. But All right. Give me your number four. Yeah, my number four. Um, this one could easily been number one on my list because this game consumed me so much. It was released in 95 by Square, which is known as Square Enix right now. Mm-hmm. So, and it originally dropped for the play, um, excuse me, it originally dropped for the Super Nintendo, but then it came out and for the PS1 in a little package bundle called uh, Final Fantasy Chronicles mm-hmm. that it came out with Final Fantasy 4 and it came out with Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. That's the game. Number four for me has to be Chrono Trigger. Could have been number one. You know, but it was the first game that you know it was. It, and it oh, actually, I, I forgot. Um, it was um developed by what they dubbed. I want to get this little piece of information out. It was developed by what they dubbed the Dream Team at one point of developing a game because um the creator of the Final Fantasy series worked on this, mm-hmm. uh, Sakaguchi. Um, Dragon, uh, the Dragon Quest. You you spoke about Dragon Quest for your number one, right? Um. Well, it was part. Oh, you mentioned it at one point. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was in relations to Blue Dragon as well. Too, the character yeah. designs are kind of like Dragon Quest. Yeah. Yeah, the creator of Dragon Quest, that series, worked on this as well. And we all know the famous manga artist, you know, Akira Toriyama. Mm-hmm. So Toriyama, excuse me, that worked on Dragon Ball. They, all three of them, worked on this. That's why you see, you know, Chrono, the main character, that he has like the Super Saiyan hair. Yep. So you see that manga um, look come out on the game but it, it it was just like i i i just i'm at a loss of words like i said this list is emotional to me so a lot of my reasoning is the game consumed me you remember i disappeared for a week yep so like i disappeared for a week in and out like i, I did not come out of the house till i beat the game because it was so awesome it was so fresh for me like i was like wow this came out for super nintendo why did i not pick this up because i had a super nintendo i was like how did i not pick this up it was such a dope game because you know it was one of the first games like that started doing like the whole time traveling thing you know you had to sit here and travel to different dimensions you travel to the medieval ages you travel to the prehistoric ages you travel to a post-apocalyptic future ages where there was the struggle between robots and humans you know so but as you're doing this the storyline is progressing you're finding information you're getting key items you're gathering allies, you know, like if you're trying to do something in the future, you may have to go 
to the past to fix that timeline up so you were able to do it in the future. So that was just, like, freaking awesome for me and mind-blowing, you know. So I was like, oh, okay. And the battle system and the graphics, you know, the graphics. I, like, I'm a sucker for, I'm going to say cheesy graphics. I don't, I don't care about graphics, you know. Me, hey, like I said, I love Final Fantasy IV. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love Mag for the PS3. Mag had stupid graphics, you know. So, But the graphics were pretty dope. They were on par. You know, the battle system as well was pretty nice. It felt much different from that, you know, I'm standing still, line up in a three-man line, and we're attacking each other. That was pretty awesome. So, I don't know. It's just, it could have been higher on my list, but I, I just feel like what it was doing at that time and how it also resembled anime, which that's why it stuck out to me as well, you know. So, it had it was like the complete package for me, like anime and gaming and RPG. And the characters were pretty cool because, you know, you have... um. Uh, the the I think his name was Magus that he looks like Vegeta. Yep. You know the dude with the sickle. Then you get a little night frog. You know that was awesome, like a little night frog. And so, the also the 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 characters were pretty unique in my opinion. How'd you feel about that game? You know what? Um, and for anybody catch it for this one, this was my honorable mention for number three. So, oh my uh, bad. Nah, don't worry about <laughs> it because I can talk about it and we could go on from there as well. It's yeah. huge because um, I love Toriyama. I think his, his artwork's fantastic when it comes yeah. to manga, when it comes to games, when it comes to just anything, movies, uh, series, all together. I think he's a brilliant artist as well, too, and storyteller because he does tell stories in his art. Um, yeah. This game is a fantastic game. The fighting engine is supreme. This is, um, I don't have as much love for it as you do, though. Um, yeah. It's a game that I said, yeah, I, I, I'll play this game if I, if I ever get a chance to do it, and I haven't. I only played yeah. it maybe twice in my life, and I left it alone, but it, mm. it has resonated with me. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, has, it holds a special place in my heart, but not enough to be like, yeah, that's going to be in my top five right now, but I do love it. It's one of, yeah. one of my favorite RPG games. If there was a top ten, yeah, that would be in my top it. ten. Nah, and 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 just to make it even more epic for whoever hasn't played it and wants to pick it up, this is cited and it's on record to some people. This is the best video game of all times made. That's how epic it was, you know. To some people, it's cited that they say the best video game made, Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it's a pretty dope game. If anybody gets a chance, pick it up, you know, play it. So my honorable mention, I was gonna make a little combo package, but. I figured, you know, I'll do it as an honorable mention for my number four. Once again, this could have been way higher on my list. But since we're talking about Chrono Trigger, I'm going to stick with the sequel, Chrono Cross. Oof. So that's... <laughs> that you thought I was going to put it on my list? Or you didn't think? No, 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 no. That's pretty good. It's hand in hand. Yeah, it's hand in hand. Like, But I feel that it was dope because it's a direct sequel. It gives you... um, How do you say? And it actually carries over in the sense that uh, do you remember the frog from um, Chrono Trigger? Mm-hmm. He's he's actually named Glenn, and you find Glenn in Chrono Cross. Right. He's actually a character that you can recruit to play. So, like I said, it's kind of the whole parallel universe traveling back and forth, doing things to get characters. But as you do these things, certain it affects certain characters. You know, and you have the options to like not play with people's lives, but you know, save them. If you save a certain character, you won't get the other character. You know, you're uh, like default. You're not going to get them, you know. So certain things you just got to. That was pretty cool in my eyes. And the storyline was pretty, uh, pretty damn cool. Uh, Surge, I think his name was, the, the protagonist. that He was being followed around by that antagonist, Lynx, the cat. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. And, you know, it, it just, 
I put his honorable mention because it meshed well with the whole uh, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross package, as you want to say. And it was one of the first games that it, it did like the whole perfect ending thing that you had to end the last boss by playing a combination, I believe, to get a perfect ending. You know, not a lot of games were doing that back then, you know, where like you get different multiple ending and storylines and stuff like that. The graphics, uh, you know, they were not the best, you know, they're PS1, but they're pretty good as well for that time. So I don't know. I, I had to put his honorable mention. I could have put it on my list, but. I, I didn't have the love that I had for uh, Chrono Cross with I mean, Chrono Trigger, yeah. Okay, I feel you on that one. Mine is going to go hand-in-hand as well, too. Um, and before anybody really goes crazy, like, oh, you're putting two Final Fantasies together. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I promise you my, my top one and two are totally different. But mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in there because I knew you probably thought this would be my number one or number two. But it's not. But it, it to mm-hmm. me... It's one of my favorite Final Fantasy games of all time, if not my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time, debuted in 1999. And some do quote it the most controversial Final Fantasy game ever made because it has such a mixed reaction of people who love and hate it. And this is Final Fantasy VIII. Ooh, I was I, you had you had to see my face. I'm sitting here like, what Final Fantasy is he talking about? I'm sitting here like. Final Fantasy VIII, but yes, go ahead, continue. Now, looking at other games like Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI, they were a little mm-hmm. bit more serious taken with um, villains that were just more chaotic, trying to deal with world domination. With this Final Fantasy, this is more of a love story. And yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's a love sonnet to all the Final Fantasy games ever made. And it takes from different arcs of genre. It takes from Hamlet. It takes from Shakespeare. It takes from different things as well, too. But the same token, though, in essence, it's about two guys fighting over one girl, which is Riona. And the mm-hmm. main character is Squall Lionheart. And Dragnus is Safer. Um, yeah. these guys come from the same battleground cutting their, their teeth in the same kind of bounty hunter-esque role in the game and ultimately one is led to the dark side while one plays the hero part but they all have a shade of gray to them I think um, this is one of the first Final Fantasy games to get that 3D remodel a little bit more touched up than it was in Final Fantasy 7 um, the music I love the music I think the music is it's people once again find it boring but I think it, it matches the game so well it's very slow it's very methodic as well as it has opera ballads in there i think the characters are very diverse squall zell riona cypher you're looking at people like um um going into as well quittis who's your teacher as well too throughout the game and becomes one of your allies to fight with that giant whip that gun blade is so <laughs> iconic yeah. like i know people look at the busted blade and they're like yo that's the sword right there but to me myself i love the gun blades i think they're an iconic sword in final fantasy history even to be brought back and i believe what was it uh final fantasy 12 right yeah well it's 12 it or 13 13 right i think it was 13 where they brought back um, the Gunblade again. And it's one of these iconic um, weapons in Final Fantasy that they will live on for a lot of people's lives. Um, um, it's bonded not really many sequels. They're, the characters are in different games. Um, I'll probably go into that later on as well, too. But the same token, though, I think it's a very great standalone game. Um, different mini-games to actually fall around with. Um, you can actually beat this game in a week. It's a fairly short game but the same token though um me personally it's one of the first final fantasy games i beat straight with no help 
So it's very near and dear to my heart because um, I beat this game t- about three times already in my life, and I always find something new about it. Um, even the time jumps with Laguna, trying to figure out if he, uh, who he, how he is related to Squall and their chemistry as well too. Different little things like that. Um, the game always throws you for a loop. There's a part where you freaking do a freaking um, um, a music rehearsal at one point. You have to actually yeah. get that going to, to unlock something as well too. And people found that really boring. Me myself, I I was jamming. I was like, all right, Irvin, let's go play that violin, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is one of those games that are very very near to my heart. Um, the summoning, the limit breakers, everything, uh, the characters as well too. It's just um very. If anything, I, one flaw I do find is the ultimate villain. I feel like she's not as great as a Sephiroth would be, but the same token, having Safer in there makes up for it for me. Yeah, no, that game was badass, and I think that's kind of like the problem with a lot of people. Maybe that's why they really didn't love it as much, because like you said, it was it was a love story. Yep. So the music was more melodramatic ballad, you know, because it was a love story. It yes. wasn't your over-the-top um, like you said, ego maniacal. <laughs> it wasn't it not at all. World, you know, so it was it was something different for that time, and I appreciated it. And you know, my thing that I appreciated was because it had like one of my favorite characters in the Final Fantasy um, series, which is Zell. You know, I freaking love Zell. Zell is so. a badass. Yeah, so that that's a that's a good pick, though. I I honestly didn't think you were gonna put that one like in your list, but that's a good pick. Really, I love yeah. Final Fantasy. It's I, one of my favorite Final Fantasies, to be honest. Even the the first sequence is, I think personally, it's <laughs> not. No, yeah, I put it above Final Fantasy uh, fifteen right now. Still to this day, like I said, it hasn't uh, lasted. Oh, yeah. uh, it stood the test of time as far as uh, opening, but. Yeah. That scene on the beach of these two guys just going at it with the gun blades, with the opera in the back, the Venus, yeah. and they're just slashing each other, blood's flying around everywhere, and it's just like a good like two or three minutes of them just squash buckly with gun swords is yeah, phenomenal. I, I will keep that. I'll put that on the page later on. That is like one of my favorite ever <laughs> scenes in a game. Like I will I, forever, forever in my heart, forever in my mind. That scene. Bro, I, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I remember I used to have a little um, gun blade charm for my keys. You remember? Look, that? Look, look, look how iconic like, it is. See? Yeah, I had a little gun, and it, it, bro, it, it was deadly though, real talk. <laughs> like, it was that if somebody, yeah, they would have sharpened that bad boy up or something, and you could even poke with it. It was pretty long, bro. Like it, but it's such an iconic thing that you know they. They put it as a charm, and I had to pick it up. So, like, yeah, I went for it, and I was like, yeah, I'm walking around with my gun blade thinking I'm cool, sitting here chopping with it. <laughs> I have a question for you, though. Yeah. question to you is, do you feel like everybody else feels that it's a very controversial game because of the mixed reviews that, that, that goes along with it still to this day? Nah, I don't... Maybe I'm being biased because I enjoyed it, but I don't think... I think people are just getting worked up over something that... It shouldn't really be because it was something that where they tried something different, you know, they exactly it down, you know, and it actually paid off, you know, because I know that is a popular game in the franchise. It is. So I don't see why people say, oh, and the whole little mixed reviews because they went different and they hit it. They hit it big because that is still one of their most popular games. I remember picking it up 
going to software, et cetera, getting dual discs, you know, people buying it, being sold out in certain places for Christmas, around the Christmas time, you couldn't get that game nowhere. So I believe it just has a mixed review because it's a love story. Uh, we live in a world where people want to see uh, over-the-top, you know, action and a lot of, you know, death to a certain extent. You get what I'm saying? Like. Yep. Yep. And they want to see that badass villain take over the world. But then when you give them something that's a love story, something more chill, something more subtle, eh, we don't like it. So I think that's that's the problem. But I, I don't see why people give it mixed reviews or anything like that. Because it actually scored. I see one thing maybe because it's in between two totally different games. You're looking at mm. Final Fantasy VII, which is yeah. arguably one of the best Final Fantasy games ever made to a lot of people's eyes. And Final Fantasy IX, which is totally different, but classic in, in its way as well, too. It pays tribute to a lot of the classic uh, Final Fantasy games, especially with the witch characters and whatnot, the mm-hmm. cartoony figures as well, too. So you have two totally different games that are loved by different amounts of people. And then you have this game in the middle that's just, I, I guess it's different. Totally different and yeah. tonally different as well, too. I think people just didn't want to give it a chance because of what they had before and what they played after. That's what it was. That's what it was. Sorry for cutting you off, but that's that's why it falls into that little gray spot and that little pointing of the fingers because from seven to eight to nine, you have arguably, like you said, two of the best franchise uh, series, which is seven and nine. And this falls in between, but it, it can't get overlooked. I, I, I maybe I'm being a little bit biased, but it can't get overlooked. Eight standoff series, standoff alone. It, it, it's a good game. I, I don't see why people lose their mental over it, but I do get what you're saying. The order, and it also, to some people, you know, really doesn't hold a candle to seven, which is why. But because you get seven, then you get eight. Exactly. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm all for different and i'm a sap for love stories so well, there you I go ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen he's, he's a, a sap, sap. <laughs> <laughs> well since i gave my honorable mention i want to hear yours now i want to hear what is your number three my number three um my number three i don't think you're gonna see this one coming hopefully you don't you know because i like to surprise you with these lists mm-hmm. but my number three was released back in 1998 as a survival horror RPG by Square. Mm-hmm. And it is a sequel to a novel called Parasite Eve. Ooh. So, yes, my number three is Parasite Eve for the PlayStation 1. And it's a game where it follows uh, the story of a cop, you know, um, from New York City. That's right off the bat. That's why it's number three. I could have put it higher, but you know me being a New Yorker that I am. I love New York City, so anything New York. And it, it's a dope storyline. And the fact that it just follows this police officer that she goes on a blind date. Um, I forgot her name. What was her name? It started with a um, Aya, something like that, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She goes on a blind date. It starts off with action immediately. That's what I got in, intrigued by the story in the game. It starts off with action. She starts off, she goes to a blind date, the Carnegie Hall, a historic, you know, site in New York City. So all of a sudden, she's watching an opera with a blind date, and freaking humans just start spontaneously combusting around her. So you just get caught up like, well, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. And you find out that it's Eve, the opera singer, that she's this monster trying, she's hell-bent on destroying the human race 
through spontaneous human combustion. I don't know why. No, I love that game. So keep on going. <laughs> yeah. So she just wants to destroy the human race through uh, human combustion. And, and it, the game, it's, it's semi-long, semi-medium, you know. But it's cool because what they did was that they made it a time frame of six days. You know, it, it was like... Uh, nerve-wracking like oh my god you just got six days going on to this you know it it that that was cool like i said the battling system also was a bit different from you know your typical cliche three lined up three in the front three on the other side you could run around actually dodge you know and also i enjoyed it it had the customization aspect where you add mods to your weapons to your armor you know Mm -hmm. poison effects and stuff like that so that 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 was cool. I don't know. I enjoyed it. And like I said, I'm a sucker for New York City. And I remember like right off the bat, I believe when she's chasing Eve out of the Carnegie Hall, you fight on a carriage. I think you remember that scene. Like you're fighting on a carriage while it's moving, I believe, through Central Park. So it, I don't know. I, I love the game. It, it's pretty dope. Oh, yeah. Parasite Eve, not to cut yeah. you off, is, is near and dear to my heart. It's such a different game for that time as well, too. Yeah. Uh, and... I, to, to be frank, no pun intended, too, looking at different games out there like Resident Evil, like um, Silent Hill as well, too, Parasite Eve belongs on the tippy top of that list. It is yeah. something so creative. The, 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 the graphics in that game, the gameplay mm-hmm. itself, just the horror base in that game, you felt every single scare that game had to give you. It It's just... Uh, female uh, antagonist as well too. Um, the the game itself just should be not only on a top five of of survival RPGs. It should be at least, in my opinion, top ten of one of the best games coming out from that era of gaming. Do you feel this is my question because I feel like this with this game. Do you feel that Parasite Eve didn't get the buzz that it was supposed to get? Because in my eyes, I feel like it didn't get that buzz. That it was supposed to get for it being such a great game. Um, it was different. It was intimidating for some people, and uh, at this time when it came to PlayStation, this was a time where PlayStation was just throwing the games out left and right. Every other week was a different PlayStation game, and it was hard to kind of see like, hey, what's that game? What's this game? And gravitate to what you really liked or what you knew already. So being yeah. as a different game right here, it made people choose. Do I really want to get into something different that I don't know that I possibly won't like for that amount? Even though the game back then was like $40 probably. I believe it was like $39.99. Now the game's like 60 yeah. bucks. Looking at that time, do I want to spend that right there for like $40 on a game? Or would I buy this game right here because I already know what I'm going to get out of it? It's that pick and choose. People weren't as savvy as they are now when it comes to survival horror games where they could say, you know what, that's the one I'm going to stick to right there. I'm going to stick with Resident Evil. I'm going to stick with The Evil Within because those are cool games. This was a, this is one of the games on the forefront leading that charge in survival horror. Question, did you play part two or no? I didn't play part two. You didn't play part two? I All wanted right. to play part two, but... Yeah. I came along those people where there was so much content coming around that yeah. I knew what I w- was playing at the time, too. I didn't play Parasite Eve 1 until Part 2 actually came out, to be honest. Oh, okay. Because I, I wanted to go back to it. Yeah, you wanted to go back to it. Yeah, it's one of those games that you want to go back to. Yeah. But I, I was just going to ask you, 
if uh, because I played part two, I own part two, mm-hmm. and I feel like part two actually kind of fell short to what one did. I feel that um, the graphics were amazing. It was superb. It had that same battling system and everything. It was cool. But I feel that, to me, it fell short in the sense that I get it. People are going to say, you can't do the same thing. You can't replicate it. But it, it started, um, if I'm not mistaken, I remember she started traveling. You find yourself even at one point in the desert. I felt like they just didn't know where to go after having such an epic first game. You get what I'm saying? Do you, yeah. Do you think that's a cut you off that they had to maybe appease the audience a little bit differently this time coming around for a new game? Maybe try to get more attention, more buzz? Because I remember when Parasite Eve commercials came out, there was elaborate cutscenes everywhere. It's like, oh, what's this? What's that? Why is she there? Why is this happening? Enough to make the fan. Because I remember the first trailer was very mellow. It was yeah. like I wasn't sure what I'm getting myself into. Whereas the second trailer was more elaborate. It was more. Um, for the mm-hmm. eyeball to actually catch on to. So I wasn't sure if maybe that's what they were going for. Since not many people went for part one, maybe they could catch them again with part two without um, really, I guess, trying to experience what part one was giving us for at first. Yeah, I think that's what it does because then in part two, you start seeing the over-the-top monsters because if my memory serves me well, which, you know, my memory's bad, I think I was uh, in one of, like, the desert scenes fighting and then you have... One of these tremor monsters, like the movie, just come out, and it, it was pretty damn big. So I'm like, eh. now I feel like you just push the envelope to try to captivate, like you said, those people that did not pick up part one. So my opinion, if you want to play the series, of course, play it, but just stick to one because two fell horribly short, in my opinion. I, I have a question about this as well. Yeah. Do, you, do you think Parasite Eve falls short because of games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill? Ooh. Hmm. I don't want to say yeah, but I'm going to have to say yeah. Yeah. Because uh, back then, like you said, Resident Evil had the horror game on lock. You know, the survival horror game. That, that was Resident Evil. Resident Evil was the only one doing it. Exactly. Then you, then you saw Silent Hill take that same chemistry, but up it up a notch. They started getting crazy with their stuff. They were like, you know, you're doing this. Let's, let's bump it up. Let's make it real sick and demented and twisted. And that's why I feel that Parasite Eve fell short because it was somewhat, like you said, it was mellow. It, it had the grotesque monsters, but they weren't bumped up to attend like Silent Hill, you know, where you had the crazy nurses like, you know, with swinging blades and stuff. So I feel like it fell a little bit short because those were the top two, you know, uh, franchise doing it, and people are not even going to bother. They're going to go straight for, you know, the real McCoy. You get what I'm saying? So- I mean, another thing is, too, to be honest, in my opinion from playing the game, looking at Parasite Eve, okay. and call me crazy, mm-hmm. I still rank it over Resident Evil 1 and 2. And I still rank it over Silent Hill 1. I love Silent Hill 2. But I rank yeah. it over uh, Silent Hill 1 as well, too. I think it's easier to play for someone that isn't used to survival horror. I think the tank controls aren't as crazy as Resident Evil 1 and 2. So it's a little bit easier for a fan to be like, you know what? I can get into this game a lot better. The story is a little bit more grounded. And I don't have to go searching through so many umbrella files to figure out a damn story. The story is right <laughs> in front of my face to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you over Resident Evil 1. I'll give you that. I enjoyed Resident Evil 1, but I wasn't really that much of a fanatic of Resident Evil 1. 
I'm gonna have to disagree with you with Resident Evil Two because Resident Evil Two is my favorite Resident Evil of all time. Wow. So I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't believe Parasite Eve touches a candle to wow. Resident Evil, and I love wow. Parasite Eve. I love Parasite Eve, but just Resident Evil, I I used and abused that game, and I still remember the first day my father picked that up for me. I didn't buy it as a little youngin riding the subway train the NYC. He surprised me with that game, and I just used and abused that game. I would put it over. Silent Hill 2? Wow, one, really? Though. Yeah, I will put it over 2, not 1. Just for the simple fact that 1 was innovative for that series, for what they were doing. That 1 was just different from Resident Evil. That's why I wouldn't put it over 1, because it was different. You know, It's the first time where you sit down and you were actually afraid to play the game. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, that's why I feel like Parasite Eve... I love Parasite Eve, and people were like, but you're contradicting yourself. You put it as number three. But it's just certain things. You're asking me the question, so I'm, you know, answering how exactly. I feel. Yeah, but I feel like I can't put it over Silent Hill 1 because Silent Hill 1 did something different at that time where it really just, part of my French, it mind-fucked you. It scared you. Like, I remember bumping up the difficulty, and I was in the school playing with the little flashlight. You get what I'm saying? Not many games are doing that. Just giving you a little flashlight on your chest, and you can't see nothing in front of you. And I don't know what it was if I bumped up the difficulty. Like, some little ghost baby ran by me. I was like, I'm not playing this no more. You get what I'm saying? I was like, and then it was kind of cool that during the daytime or whatever it was, you see the school chill. But then when it came to nighttime... It just became like this twisted, demented world that you see of them in the mind of like, you know, a serial killer. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel I can't put that over because what Silent Hill 1 did, it was pretty damn, you know, game altering. Okay. 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 Um, I, I don't have, I don't think I gave my honorable mention. Uh, no, you weren't. I, I was going to mention yeah. that. Yeah. My, um, my honorable mention for this, eh, not too much. I wouldn't say it. it's... Um, I don't say it's a mind-blowing RPG by any means. This is just me. I would have to put Dark Cloud as my honorable mention. Wow, look at you, Dark Cloud. Yeah. to uh, PS2, Dark Cloud, because at that time, that's when I feel like RPGs started rolling. Again, in the new gen system. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I feel like Dark Cloud, not saying... RPGs weren't established and it was the founding father for RPGs, but it was one of the first RPGs that came out for the PS2. I believe it was like probably one of the first games as well. I don't know. Don't quote me. I may be wrong. But RPG-wise, I feel like it was just that game that started, you know, rolling out the carpet for more RPGs of the next gen. And it was pretty damn cool, even though it felt repetitive to a lot of people. That's why I don't feel... But it got good scores, you know. But I just feel like the aspect where you just run in the dungeon, go here, go there, bop, bop, get the chest... It was a really repetitive to people. But that's why I have to put it as honorable mention because I really can't put it as... I got love for the game, but I really can't put it in my top five list. Mm, 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 mm. I'm going to go with my number, Deuce. Deuce, <laughs> Deuce. I know you're probably waiting for this one, but maybe, maybe, maybe not. Mm. It Maybe it might be a surprise for you, but it is one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. It, number one... It's out there because totally different reasons, but this is number two because the number one, the love that's first, yeah. and number two because the gameplay value. The the more times I play it, the better I loved it. Um, yeah. I beat this game at least 
five times. That's how much awesome. I love this game. Wow, you love the game. <laughs> so this is this is one of my games that are near and dear to my heart. Once again, also an Xbox 360 exclusive as well, too. It's okay. actually a sequel to one of the first Xbox RPGs that came out. It's an action-adventure role-playing game as well, too. Uh, it was developed by Lionhead Studios and published by Microsoft Game Studios as well, too. It came mm-hmm. out in about 2008, 2009, but early early. Sorry about that, late 2008. This game is Fable 2. Oh, wow, yeah. Ooh, that's, that's left field. Can we say we took a wrong turn to Albuquerque? <laughs> I, I did not see that coming, bro. Honestly, I'm surprised. Fable 2, really? You, 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 you. Well, I mean, this is your list. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But you sit here and rank Fable number two in your top five RPGs. Yeah. That's how much love you got for it? I have so much love for Fable 2. I think I have a franchise 1, 2, and 3 and spinoffs yeah. that came out of that. You called the cops on me for this. <laughs> yeah, 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 they come with me, bro. They come with me, bro. <laughs> because of the fact that this game, this gave me... It took me out of a world for the first time in a long time when it mm-hmm. came to gaming. Um, the character itself you know me as a person who loves customization that doesn't like restraints and restrictions. This game allowed me to put my creativity on blast for the world where yeah. I want to actually be, um, I'm going to use wrestling terms, a face or a heel in a game. I can do that. If yeah. I want to go ahead and merc a, a citizen for no apparent reason and turn to the dark side, AKA star Wars, I can do that. If I can go ahead and build a family, if I can build a, you know, wife, if I can have a kid, have a dog, and just live a normal life, I can do that as well, too. It's not even part of the central story. I could actually live my whole life as a farming dude and just help my community and be that guardian for that community. Yeah. Or I could turn heels and just do freaking raise and go around wreaking havoc. Once again, not part of the central story as well, too. Having fun in this. Um, the replay value in this game is just fantastic. The growth of your character is fantastic. The fact that it really progresses. One of the first games that allows you to have a same-sex marriage for christ's sake i mean <laughs> i mean they're one of the first games that you're allowed to murk your kid and it's a it's it's a plot yeah. point in your character's progression murking your kid oh, automatically man. makes you a demon <laughs> like that's it like there's no coming back like you don't know how many times i murk little jimmy many times <laughs> see what happened so no, there's yeah. a recreation process was as well too where if you made mistakes or if you gathered enough loot or or um stones you can actually um go back and change certain things in your life as well too sacrifice is another thing as well too um there's points and times in the game once you get a little too far toward the end if you really want to sacrifice a thing to uh progress your story like i think i remember one of the times was um in order to save my town, I either had to uh, sacrifice my wife and my dog, and I killed that bitch so many times because <laughs> my dog was my dude. Yeah. And it's just like little things like that decision-making that you have to do in this game to actually put I a do. thought process in this game. Um, and that's just that. That's that not even the tip of the iceberg right there. The weapons, the whipping sculpting. Um, you can mm-hmm. make a weapon out of anything in that game as well, too. You can be a carpenter. You can be a mason. You can be anything. Uh, uh, a fisherman, if you want to, as well, too. There's so many diverse things you could do in this game uh, it pushed the limits to microsoft's graphics to, well, uh, at the time as well too um it, it was something that was different from any other game that the playstation was giving you at that time uh, the only thing i can remember that was maybe almost on par with the system would be 
um, Oblivion, where yeah. Oblivion kind of gave you that that same stature as well too. But Oblivion was a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't say highbrowed. Uh, it's, it's a little more serious taken, whereas Fable, uh, it, it gives you choices to be lighthearted or demonic if you want to. So the yeah. fact that I have no restraints for this game is why it's one of my favorite games of all time. And just the multiple times you can play this game and have different endings and different beginnings. It has multiplayer aspects as well, too, if you don't want to feel alone as well, too. So, I mean, it's, it's just a phenomenal game. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Um, I was thinking that the same thing. Do you feel that Fable was that game to lay out the ground for games like Oblivion and Skyrim? Um, Skyrim, definitely. I think that, um, when anything looks at, um, as far as a open world role-playing action adventure role-play game, they should look at certain things that Fable did bring to the table that people forget about. Um, the only thing that, that Fable messed up for itself was not following up with a better format that Fable 2 gave. Fable 3 was trash. The way that they, um, laid out Fable 3 was paying for episodes almost, which was even worse. Oh, really? It was just yeah. like Microsoft was, you know, being a little too greedy with their own product, thinking that they had, you know, a star in the making like a Final Fantasy, and it just destroyed their own product. Do I think it can be rehabbed? Definitely. I think it's something that could be taken even more serious if you brought it to the table. Um, as long as you keep the restrictions off. Um, the fact that y- this game itself gave you free, free reign to do what you want without a central story, without being on the rails, was my favorite part of this game. Um, now you see games like that with um, with Skyrim, with games, which is my honorable mention, I'm going to tell you in a second too, another game I'll say, games yeah. that give you the, uh, the luxury of uh, creating a character, creating their destiny, and actually put into fruition what you want to do, whether it's going to a light or dark side no pun intended for Star Wars, it, it it gives you that free reign to do so. And I haven't seen the game do that before that time. That really made me feel that way. And I haven't felt a game since like that, since I want to say maybe Skyrim, but not to the level of Fable. Fable was just fun either yeah. way, in my opinion. Mm, that, that was surprising. I didn't see that one coming, honestly. I didn't even... I, I, yeah, I'm surprised at that one. I mean, I can't touch much of Fable because, like I said, I've never really played Xbox back then, so the Euro, that's all you right now. So. I, I, I will say this. It's available on the, the Xbox Live store right now. You can buy it. You can enjoy it. It's it's, it's a game that I, I promise you, you'll, you'll have so much fun if you give it a chance. The graphics are not going to be as top-notch right now. I will tell you that. It's, they're they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be a little oh, cool. hard to deal with at, at first, but at the same token, if you're just in for the gameplay value and just for the love of a game, especially for the love of creating things. Uh, if you're a creative person that loves games like Minecraft, that loves games of just building things and just building yeah. a world, building an environment, this is the game for you. Um, my honorable mention, though, isn't Skyrim, to be honest. My is it? Hon- or no, it, is? it isn't. Oh. It isn't. Even though um, I mentioned this in, the, in this in this one right here for my number two, my mm. honorable mention is actually Dragon Age Inquisition. Ooh, tasty. Yeah, it is <laughs> a tasty game. Yeah. I think That's that, a whole game, though. that it is. Whole game. And honestly, yeah. I, I put it ahead of, of Skyrim because of the, the liberties it takes and the, how different yeah. it could take. The, the fact yeah. that it could be a standalone game, a standalone action adventure RPG, but also a strategy based RPG as well, too. 
controlling different characters if you want to be a strategy-based game. The fact that you can create as well, too. You can go on missions and choose your destiny as well, too. It's a fantastic game. For anybody who hasn't played any Dragon Age game, whether it be Origins, Dragon Age 2, or even Inquisition, I, I say go out there because... Um, as much as people love Skyrim, and I love Skyrim, I still own Skyrim. I, I love mm-hmm. Dragon Age Inquisition. I had that game. I played it for both systems, and I still can't get enough of it. Uh, the character designs are just phenomenal. So um, go out there, get it. It's, it's worth it. Both games. If you get a chance, if you love RPGs, get Fable because the love of a game for creation. And then get um, Inquisition for just its strategy turns, uh, strategy slash RPG aspect as well, too. Okay, bro. That was a good one. That was a good number two. I tried. I tried. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) So, my number deuce, I'm going to have to go with this game came back, uh, came out in, I believe it was in the 2000s, in the 2000s, it came out. Mm -hmm. And we actually touched on it not too long ago. It is the ninth installment in the long-running series that is Final Fantasy. I knew Fantasy. this was part of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, my number two, it's Final Fantasy IX. Mm. I, I love this game. What can I say about this game? Everything about the game is perfect. Like, you touched, you know, I, I'm just going to give it real quick because we touched about it. No, go ahead. Go ham. Go ham. <laughs> you know, it, it, um, it was the first game that went back to that traditional route, like you said. It went back to the traditional RPG element. It went back to the battle system. It went back to the graphics, for crying out loud. So everything about it, I enjoyed it. The storyline was great. Um, and it was kind of mind-blowing for me at that, at that time. It's like, you know, what princess wants to be kidnapped? You know, like, the protagonist name, he... Uh, what was his name? Um, it starts with the Z. I keep forgetting. My memory's bad, bro. I apologize. But... Well, if you played it, you know, he just jumps in and he tries to kidnap the princess because he's a thief. He's like, hey, here, I'm supposed to kidnap you. Let's go. She's like, no, kidnap me, please. You know, so it was just kind of like different. And each character, they had a character that stuck out and resonated with everybody. Mm -hmm. You have the thief, roguish character for whoever likes that. Then you had the, uh, I think her name was Garrett, Garnett, something like that. I forgot because my memory's bad, but I love the game. Um, that the subtle chill princess because she was the princess. No, you got it right, Garnet. Yeah. Oh, okay. The lovable, you know, princess. Then you have um, I think it was Steiner, which mm. he was the knight, and he was like the bodyguard. So he was that rough, monotone, you know, dry. But that wasn't your dude. That wasn't your dude. Yeah, no. Get to your dude. <laughs> I'm getting to my dude. And then you had the other dude with for the dark and moody, brewing people that like that. I forgot the dude's name, the one with the dreadlocks. I don't remember his name. Um, but yeah, my favorite character of all time has Vivi. The maze <laughs> Vivi, the man himself, Vivi, bro. Like, I don't want to hear it. Vivi was the man. And I what I really loved about Vivi was that um he was a character where he was trying to find himself actually he was trying to find a meaning to his existence. He was a black mage, you know, but he he was just he felt that he was running around pointless. So he kind of stuck with the group and stuff like that to find his existence. So mm-hmm. I kind of dug that. So, like I said, the battling system was real traditional. Storyline, awesome. The whole summons and stuff like that. So I really had to put a number two. And like I said, sentimental value. I remember playing this on my PS1 
not the original one, the the white small one that came mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. Uh, up up in my apartment, just chilling, sleepless nights, just playing this game because it was so amazing. And then, like I said, the cast. Uh, then you had the two jesters. I forgot their name. I think it was Orn and Thorn, something like that. And they were just two ass backward clowns. You get what I'm saying? Which I found it hilarious. And what really also I loved about it, I it, had, it was in the medieval settings, you know. So anything medieval, I also like. It, it and like you said, it was seven, eight, and nine. So like nine, I feel somewhat captivated that seven sessions. You get what I'm saying? That that's mm-hmm. why some people really didn't like eight. So it, it, it it's a dope game. I love it. I know you like it as well. I love it. Uh, my yeah. my favorite thing is about the game too. And it's another game that I had to play a second time to really love it. Because the yeah. first time I was a little baffled. Because I felt at first, and don't get it twisted, I felt it was a step mm-hmm. backwards because I felt like they were going back into traditional Final Fantasy with the knights mm-hmm. and the mages yeah. and so on and so forth. That's why, I, as a second go-around playing it, I loved it. The trance mode was just fantastic, how they just morphed into like, different yeah. different attires and armors. Um, just the characters alone were hilarious. Comedy was a big thing in this game. It Comedy was. was hilarious in the game. VV Steiner was great in this game as well too. Steiner, I think, was one of my favorite characters because he was just a big hunk of junk and <laughs> just <laughs> falling around and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I still to this day, I remember one of the most profound parts about that game is the Petrified Forest. So it's like yeah. there's so many iconic memories in that mm-hmm. game. The the flying sequences of the one of that that um that blimp balloon that they were flying in just crashing down, seeing Vivi's yeah. face like I don't know what the fuck to do. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's like uh, Vivi's expressions without having a face is hilarious. <laughs> like that that's just all time one of one of my favorite Final Fantasy games as well too. Um, once again, um, great pick there. In my opinion, I thought that was gonna be a number one. I thought my, right there that yeah. was it. You thought that was it. My number one, I'm telling you, you're not going to see my number one. And you touched the number one in the list various times. You mm-hmm. said, you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But the only, I, I, my, it's number one just for sentimental value, what it gave me. So that's why it's number one. But my honorable mention and number two, I would have to put, do you know what? This, this, this game, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're going to see this one coming. Or, uh, or a lot of people, but I'm gonna have to put 3D Dot Heroes for the PlayStation. Wow! Yes, I have to put 3D Dot Heroes because 3D Dot Heroes really that cheesy retro. Um, let's bring it back to Zelda: Link's Awakening type RPG view and everything. You get what I'm saying? So I just had to put that because if you guys played um Zelda's Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. I think that's what the one was, Nintendo was that view. That that's what it is. It's just that, but just with little blocks, you know, block structure, graphics, and stuff like that. It's that same game, that same gameplay where you got to run around with the bomb over your head, like you know, and drop mm-hmm. it in it, you know, and then the swinging aspect was just like vertically and you know stuff like that. So it has to be three D dot hero. I have to go with it because it was just that nostalgic, you know. Oh, this is this is old. I want to play this, you know. I miss these type of games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so no you, i feel you i, I th- that game is just f- fantastic right there yeah. i have not heard though and i think the listeners no. haven't heard this as well too there uh-huh. hasn't been a lot of zelda talk in this whole list no yeah we really noticed that right and not uh, yet, you know what i i think that's that's not gonna change because that's not my number one so. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought I thought you would have had a Zelda in this, so I guess I guess the listeners no no Zelda for you because that's not even my number one either. Yeah, my no. four people. No. Um, uh, my number one. All right, and not not to even throw your 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 picks off because your picks are phenomenal. Like I said, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Nine. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's always gonna be dear to my heart because of how different and how much they took a chance by also going to traditional values as well too. Um, so great pick on that one as well too. Um, mm. Block Heroes as well too. There's a lot of games out there that that should be on this list. I will say that there's tons of games that that's why these top fives are kind of hard because you're you're mm-hmm. taking yeah. sentimental value out or you're putting it in or you're putting time spent on a game or what you wished it would have been. Yeah. My number one by truth should have never worked. My number one by all accounts baffled every single person who heard the concept back in 1999 first and mm-hmm. were like i'm not even sure what's going on it was released in 2002 so many heads were part of this including developers like jupiter square uh we're looking at um big groove success this group called hand as well too um but the biggest thing that this game has is that the biggest publisher, producer of this game mm-hmm. is Disney. Uh, I, 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 was, I was gonna, I'm like, wait, if I don't hear this game on his list, nah, that list is blasphemous. Yes, I don't hear yes. this is my all-time favorite RPG game of all time. And you know what, uh, to a lot of people too, because this game yeah. has one of the most diehard followings, even though a part three has not even come out after 10 years, this more, this is like, this is like one of the biggest, most anticipated games of all time as well too, for part three. My number one is Kingdom Hearts. I absolutely mm-hmm. love Kingdom Hearts. I have beat Kingdom Hearts at least about three times, Kingdom Hearts two, two times. I played a couple of the, the mini franchises as well too, and I'll get into that. Kingdom Hearts is the first game to really blend two completely different things, making uh, apples and oranges, you want to say. Not even that, uh, apples and cinnabons, and putting it together <laughs> and just saying, yeah. voila. <laughs> it, for some absurd reason, it works on every single level. I mean, it follows the story of Sora, Kyrie, and Riku, um, just kids, not, you know, it, it fits your teenage angst. As a, yeah. someone growing up in that time as well, too, you're always going to feel moody. You don't belong in the world, and you don't think that you're good enough in the world. These these characters resonate with you. These characters resonate with a lot of people still to this day. I mean, I see Riku, I see Kairi, I see um, Sor, freaking gifts everywhere still to this day. Yeah. I mean, um, the fan base in Hot Topic alone and freaking Spencer's is still there, and the game came out years ago i mean this game has such a following it's not even a cult following it is a legitimate following because of the fact that it incorporates things of final fantasy it incorporates the things of other square games as well too it incorporates disney characters which as much times as we think disney can play the race card sometimes they might not be the best characters in the world guess what they put asses in seats Disney mm-hmm. is is the pinnacle of success when it comes to entertainment. So when you put a game that has Mickey Mouse as a king and has a key master <laughs> to, to close the darkness and you're getting Mickey and you're getting Donald Duck and Goofy and dark themes of death and despair and anxiety and depression, 
it's like, what the hell are you getting yourself into? But it all works. I mean, not to get too much into the game. <coughs> I'm going to edit that. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> looking at this game, just starting off of just world building. You're, you're from one world. You get sucked into a world of, full of darkness. Literally, that's the villain. The darkness. The darkness inside your heart. Um, just overcoming your, your, your senses, saying that, you know what, you should give up on life. And it's to overcome that. And it, it, yeah, it does give you a love story. Speak of the devil, Squall is in this fucking game as well, too. You want to put a love story? He's one of the main central freaking characters. Hell, Cloud's in this game. You have so Zell's in this game. Sid's in this game. There's so many iconic Final Fantasy Sephiroth's in this game. So many iconic (laughs) characters. But the same token, not only do you have Sephiroth, you have Hercules, Hades, you have Simba as a freaking summon in this game. The genie from (laughs) Aladdin is a freaking summon in this game, and it works for some reason. Having like these parallel universes of Disney and Square together coexisting and going to different worlds and um, closing doors with a keyblade, which is one of the most iconic, I say that word a lot, but it is true, it is the most iconic, I guess, weapon or symbol right now when it comes to any kind of Square game out there these days. That key, that keyblade is forever c- cemented in history. It's one of people's favorite weapons. And that's, that might not even be part of the new game. That's how crazy it is. It's um, you know closing doors down just to unlock the light or and to lock up the darkness. Um, the story between finding Kyrie that spans over two games as well too. This game went from PlayStation Two and spawned out to PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four, um, going to Xbox um, One soon as well too this year. If it does in fact come out this Christmas, um, it went from Nintendo DS all the way to PS Vita. I mean, this one, talk about crossing platforms. This one went from every single platform and still succeeded in every single game it came out with. Even mini games that probably were about eight to nine hours to beat. People love those games. People love every single Kingdom Hearts game out there. Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, Kingdom Hearts Coded, uh, 358 Days and a Half. You know, birth <laughs> yeah. by sleep, things like that. People still salivate. I still even have the remix edition of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, plus all those other plethora of games in my PS4 right about now. It's a game that I love to this day with, with open arms if I were to go away from it and come back and still feel the same love for it. I don't know. I could rant on about it. How do you feel about it? I just love the passion for the Kingdom Hearts. I love it. Yeah, I I don't want to interrupt you, <laughs> but yeah, like no, I feel I feel the same way as you, but just uh, like it worked. It, it took um possibly one of the best creators of cartoony movies, let's say, or whatever you want to call it, and then you had possibly one of the best RPG creators, which is Square, and they merged and they concocted this amazing game. I have nothing bad about. To, that I can say about Kingdom Hearts, it's it's cheesy, it's lovable. It actually makes you feel warm when you play it yeah. inside. Yeah, you know what I was saying? Definitely, it makes you feel warm inside because also it's a thing where you're getting the RPG. So you, you get a video game, you get an RPG, you love that already. Then, like you said, you're sitting here watching these characters that you grew up with. You know, Genie, Simba, things like that. You know, some people grew up with them. You know, you even see my favorite one, Jack Skellington. He's yep. in there. You know, so it, it just, it was, it, it's one of those things where it's like, no, 
you know, F it. Let's just do it. Let's see what, what comes out. And it came out and they hit. And like you said, I was even thinking about picking up the, the 385 or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's worth it. Like, it's like worth last, it. It's worth it? Yes. Um, so I might pick it up. I was thinking about picking it up last week for like 40 bucks at Best Buy. It's, it's so, worth it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. But yeah, pop with the truck. Do it. No, sorry, sorry. Yeah, definitely, though, I have nothing bad that I can say about Kingdom Hearts because... It's also a game that it's near and dear to my heart because it's a game that brought us closer. Yeah. The friends in our circle brought us closer because we would spend hours upon hours sitting in front of, you know, each other's houses just playing and, oh, do this, do that, you know, oh, here, oh, my God, look, at Squall, oh, my God, you know, and, oh, my God, it's J- J- Jafar, whatever, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's perfect. I have nothing bad to say about that game. No, yeah, and the biggest, biggest thing in my eyes is that you could have your cake and eat it with this game because of the fact that not only do you get classic Disney villains who are the actual sub-villains in this game, you get um, Kraven from Tarzan's universe as a, yeah. a guy wielding a shotgun trying to kill you. You yeah. have like <laughs> Ursula with a giant triton trying to kill you as well too. You know, you have Jafar, you have um, Maleficent, you know, so mm-hmm. many different things. And then you have side mm-hmm. characters like Jack Skellington helping you out, like the mm-hmm. Beast from Beauty and the Beast, like um, different, uh, I, it's a plethora of characters. And then you, yeah. like I said, have your cake and eat it. You have Final Fantasy characters helping you out too with Squall, with Cloud, with Yuffie, with Sid, yeah. with Zell. So it's like, there's so much to give in this game that it's just like, it feels like it's, it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't work whatsoever. And then to top it all off, not only do you have a central story, but you have also mini challenges like the Hercules challenges, the Hercules battles, where you can fight yeah. fucking titans. And this these battles will last you for about, what, 10 or, or 11 days trying to beat one titan, trying to unlock a keyblade, like a new keyblade to try out, or even the Serbius or, or Sephiroth. You get to fight Sephiroth with the longest sword I ever seen in the game. You know, his sword was, yeah. like, from, like, one board to another, longer than Final Fantasy VII. So it's, like, it was, yeah, is it exaggerated? Mm-hmm. Yes. Does it have exaggerated features? Yes. But guess what? We're mashing two different things and trying to form it into one, so it has to be a little exaggerated. Look at freaking Sora's feet. They're like Mickey Mouse feet. They're gigantic. But for some reason, you don't pay mind to it because it fits in this world. I don't know. No, definitely, bro. And... I that love that you have for it, like you said, that, that following is still resonates and still to this day because you can sit here and play any other game, and you see people on PlayStation. I don't know as much for Xbox, but I know you see people on PlayStation with screen names of Kingdom Hearts, with whether it's Riku Zora ninety nine hundred. Or Zora Forever Keyblade Master or something. It, it, that's how you know the game is so impactful and it made an impact that people make screen names. People people even have Keyblade tattoos. You yeah. get what I'm saying? So it's just, that's how you know it's a very impactful game. And that's how you know it's a classic. And you know, it's up there. And not even that. Like, there's so much. There's like one more thing that's hilarious. The main yeah. character, Zora. Guess who is like the freaking voice of him? <laughs> They casted the kid from the fucking Sixth Sense, Haley Joel Osment, as the main character of this game. They built the franchise on this kid. 
He may not be in the best spirits these days where he's in like half budget Kevin Smith movies. I love Kevin Smith to a million. I'll support anything Kevin Smith does. He could do a movie about a walrus and I'm happy about it. So, but you have. You know, you are. I love Kevin Smith movies. Don't get it twisted. But, you know, the same token, you know, they put so much into this game and so much. It was a risk. It was yeah. a risk, and they they did it at the right amount, right time, where Final Fantasy was at its highest, mm-hmm. Turnstile was at its highest, and you know what? Guess what? This broke out of Turnstile. This yeah. was one of the first innovators of actually walking around and fighting at the same time. So you yeah. didn't have to wait and do the whole Turnstile aspect as well, too. So, Not a fun th- game. Yeah, so I forgot you off. I think that's also one of the things that it, it made the game awesome and interesting and wanted to play more because it was the, the fighting style. It was, you're running around casting magic, yep. you know, casting cars or whatever, you know, beating the, the little darkness down with the gun blade and, wow, you know, summoning Goofy with the shield. So it it was awesome. It was epic, the fighting. And I, I, I can't even stress how much I love this game because I, I can even group in Kingdom Hearts 2 into this as a cheat because even that game is equally as great as Part 1. I mean, you have, you have a Tron level, bro. We have a Tron level in Part 2 where we get to do freaking motocross with Tron. <laughs> we have a Mulan level taking down Huns. It's a little racist, but it's okay for that, for that game, I guess. You know, it, 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 it works on so many different levels that uh, I have so much love for this game. I cannot wait for part three already. It's just, it's, yeah, yeah, that's it. No, it does. <laughs> it, w- 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 I don't think you can even give an honorable mention after that epic freaking display for Kingdom Hearts. No, uh, I, 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 was have one? At it, I was looking at it right now and I was trying to find one that I love as equal as Kingdom Hearts. I really... I don't. I don't. Maybe the one that uh, I I could say I was playing. I love Dino Crisis as action adventure RPG as well too. But yeah. I only say that because it was different. It was right in Hotel Jurassic Park when it mm. um and Resident Evil at the same time. But yeah. for different reasons, I love Dino Crisis as a nostalgic game. But um, that's really about it. Like I love. Nothing comes close to Kingdom Hearts. Like that's just like, that's your oh yeah, maximum. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's your maximum. You see the nothing but Kingdom Hearts. I, I get no, it's cool. And that's that's what um to touch what you said in the beginning. Um, that's what gaming is missing nowadays. That one game that you gravitate to. Like no, this is my game. Yeah. I love it. You know that's what's missing nowadays. So, but with that awesome display, I don't think I can follow that. Yeah, up. you can but, go for it. But. Hopefully, you know, it's it's sentimental. So and this is where it gets it may it may lead up to it and it may be kind of controversial and cool. Maybe I could hold a candle to that display. But my number one, and this is gonna blow your socks off because you touched this game, and that's why I was like, I do not want to divulge. But my number one for sentimental value and sentimental reason is Final Fantasy fifteen. Wow. I don't even number have socks one. on, but they're coming off right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it blew them off. That's what it was. Bro, I have to go with Final Fantasy fifteen. People are gonna say, Wow, it's new. How do you already put it on your top five? Once again, people, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, yep. So if you disagree, let's talk about it. Leave it the comment. But I have to put Final Fantasy 15 because you see, it's a little, it's it's a little tricky. I could put it as a combo, but the reason why I put Final Fantasy 15 as my number one because Final Fantasy did everything to remind me of Final Fantasy 12, which I freaking love. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Final Fantasy 12 
it was one of my favorite games in, in, in the series because that's where you started seeing the difference with the battling system. I mean, the battling system was still the same, but you started seeing more extra side quests being done. You know, like you said, it has the bounties, it has all that stuff, the side missions, the monster hunts. And for RPGs, that died with me for Final Fantasy XII, honestly. Like, it died right there, Final Fantasy XII. And I was just, like, so ecstatic when I heard they were going to make Zodiac Age again. You know, mm-hmm. I have to actually pick up Zodiac Age. But it, 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 for me, it died. And, and you know, for whoever knows me, I say, oh, man, I haven't played an RPG in a while. I need to pick something up. I've been ranting. People told me, pick up Final Fantasy XV. No, I just don't have the love for RPGs no more. Nothing touches 9, 12, you know. So... I said, let's go. A compulsive, you know, uh, shopping spree that I did. I went to GameStop. Let's go. Pick it up. I pop it in. Uh, reluctant as hell still. I pop it in. Immediately, I hear the music. I was captivated. That, you know, when it's sitting mm-hmm. on the screen, that yeah. you hear that that music. And, bro, it just, like, the, like my whole world spun. It did a 360. It took me back. So when I had Final Fantasy XII, the hardcover, the metal cover for the collector edition, which I bought, and it just took me back to that time. And I was like, I am in love with this game. I am hooked. Everything I, about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not to cut you off with this, but I, I will say this. Like, I, I already made my top five. Like I said, if this was a top mm-hmm. ten, it'd be different. Yeah. And of course, as well, too, in my own personal opinion, it's still new, so it's hard for me to rate it that much. Oh, no, I, do, yeah. I, I love the game a lot. Yeah. The first... That that's it's not the first scene, but that scene of stand by me when they're pushing the car. Oh, that was is, epic! I love that. Is <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in gaming history still yeah. because yeah. it's so different, but mm-hmm. yet it, it, it's such a somber moment. But it brings yeah. people together, mm-hmm. and it's just like this nostalgic song that you're thinking about. And to, yeah. and not to go political, but in today's society where that song should mean so much, it's so perfect in this moment of camaraderie. It makes so much sense. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And like you said, that scene right there is iconic to me already alone in the Final Fantasy series mm-hmm. because, like you said, it's different. The song, the mood. And um, it's just a game where, like I said, that's why I rank it number one. I understand where people are going to say, oh, no, but it only came out. Let it resonate with time and see where it stands from a few years from now and stuff like that. No, this is my opinion. For me, it's number one because it brought that love of RPGs. It made me think about one of my favorite RPGs and it's one of the best RPGs out right now. Everything, like, let, let, let's, let's be honest. It is the ill bromance yes. that you can find. In I was going to say just <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. I was going to say my, my Kingdom Hearts is like my Jason Segel movies. My Kingdom yeah. Hearts is my Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. But... Final Fantasy 15 is I love you man. Yeah. <laughs> it really is I love you man. It takes the bromance to that level and there is no bromance on TV or gaming wise that could touch it. I love the bromance. That's why I gravitated to it because you know I love y'all all my bros and stuff like that. So it reminded me of us that bromance. Each character has a different relationship with each character if you notice it. Not just relationship is very different from gladius his relationship is different from um oh my god i can't even remember his name right now um ignis ignis yes ignis and then his relationship is different from the little young whippersnapper i keep forgetting his name Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. he which he's freaking hilarious if you're looking it up please i am thank you his relationship is different with him so 
that's why I love about it because the fact that he has different relationships with these characters, it shows character development and thought behind these characters. You know, it's, they didn't just throw them in there like, oh, hey, it's four friends, you know? You see that relationship, uh, that they brought it back to the hunting of the bounties, mm-hmm. the missions, the side quests. I freaking love riding around in the regalia, listening to old school Final Fantasy games. The chocobo, the chocobos. Yeah, the chocobo. Listening to the old soundtracks of Seven and stuff like that, and it, it, it yo, it, it did it for me. It was so, and then it brought it back to um, Final Fantasy Seven, where you fight those Weapon X and stuff like that under the water. There's this big ass tortoise that you fight in the desert yeah. that just comes out of nowhere. So it's like when you're investigating the earthquake. That game just did it for me. It brought back that RPG love that Here I you lost. Go. You got um, Prompto, and you got um, my dude Noctis. That's the whip a, whip a snapper. Yeah, you got it. Go ahead. You gonna say something? I was because um, not uh, for people because it's a long game as well too. If you make yeah. it long, because there's so much to do in the game. There's so much to do. Yeah, exactly. But it, not to spoil that much for ending or for that much of the story. How do you feel about the father son dynamic with Noctis, and how do you feel about the villain as well too? Uh, I mean, I really won't touch... Uh, I mean, I don't really want to spoil much, you know. Okay. Um, but I, 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 just for, you know, listeners' sake, if they haven't really played, but I, the father relationship, I feel like... Yeah. Uh, how about this? We're going <laughs> to yeah. give a spoiler warning right now. For anybody who doesn't want to hear this part about Final Fantasy fifteen, just fast forward about one minute into this. I'll let you take the floor for about a minute. Just go into how you feel about that's the villain and the father-son dynamic. And then we'll just cut there. And then you guys can come back and then we'll have some more stuff to talk about. So go ahead. Um, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like the father and son dynamic, I don't know if it was just me, but it was just, uh, I feel like it's cool because it's something that happens often with, you know, like now in day life, you know, the father just wants to be that nurturing father, but he wants his son also to be that, you know, um, how can I say that prince, you know, yeah. that he, he wants to be stern with him, but he wants to be loving. So he just doesn't know where to meet that common ground. Like, Hey, you know, cause like right in the beginning he goes, you know, I forgot what he tells him. Like, Hey, uh, travel well or something, or, you know, not this that he wants to call him, but you know, you could tell that he just stands and it's just like also a little conflict. I feel like they just don't have that common ground, but he just wants to keep it, you know, professional but he wants to keep it you know i'm your father you get what i'm saying how, how do you feel about that uh, i feel like it was a great dynamic it's a, it's a fun yeah. dynamic that we can all relate to as well too you're you're trying to live in your father's footsteps as well too and you don't get the bigger picture until you go into the game more in depth of what his father was trying to do for him as well so there's a lot of different things a lot of different aspects in that game um i find that the villains in this game do rival Final Fantasy 12 though. And Final, uh, you might hate me for this, but Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 12 is my least favorite Final Fantasy game. And this is my opinion though. Really? It's my, it's my opinion. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm no, sorry. no, 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 just no. Certain bro. things about yeah. that game I just didn't appreciate. Maybe if I go back mm-hmm. to it now I could probably appreciate it more. But um just in my opinion, it, it, they reminded me of those villains. This is why I didn't take them as seriously or as a, as a threat like, "Oh my god." As they should be, but I don't know. What about you? 
I feel like the uh, the villains um, for Final Fantasy fifteen. The I I keep forgetting his name. The Lucius Callum dude. Yeah, I feel like he was perfect because if you look at it, it's kind of like. I felt what I got from him was like it, I was supposed to be that person. You get what I'm saying? Right. And I was kind of betrayed or whatever it was. So, you know, like it, it's me. So I feel like he's kind of like exacting his revenge on Noctis or for whatever reason is because he's a very complex character. You know, he just pops up out of nowhere, but later on they drop it. So, I mean, that's how I just feel about him. That's that, the, the vibe. Yeah. That opening scene, though, where you see him on like a throne room and everything is just going crazy and dudes have like beards. You're not even in this game yet. How did you feel about that? Just walking into a game like that? No, nah, that, that, that was pretty epic. Like, yeah. that, that was pretty cool. Like you said, it, the opening and all that stuff. And uh, like you said, it's like hellfire that, that, and brimstone. Yeah, that hellfire <laughs> and brimstone. You know, like right there from the jump, it, it, it gives you action. Right there from the jump. As soon as you jump in, you know, you, you know, and it's like okay, it makes you want to play till you get to this part. You get what I'm saying? It makes yeah. you want to play. To, and then you see the 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 dude just sitting on the throne. You know, bombs like snapping his fingers. You know, the 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 battle, the monster, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That's also what I liked as well. That you when you play the game, you see um character development in the sense that the time passes. After his whole epic shenanigans with that guy, um, with the main antagonist, and then you play with a bearded Noctis and stuff like that, and and the character development as well, because I got real emotional when Ingus uh, lost his eyesight. You yeah, know? I, I I felt it. That's how connected I was to these characters, and that's why I put it so high because I haven't felt that for a game in such a long time where. I genuinely, it's it, people, I know it's a game, it's fake, but they do such a great job in making you connect to these characters and give them personalities that when he lost his eyesight, I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't want to spoil that, but, you know, I felt bad for the dude, you know. I was like, bro. And he lost his passion, with his, which is cooking and all that stuff, yep. you know, like. So my favorite parts of the game, cooking, fishing. Yeah, cooking, fishing. Oh, I, I spent hours fishing. Bro, yeah, same here. Get, you know, and. And I would get mad as hell when my little freaking line was snapped when I didn't know it. I'm like, ah, come and on. And they're all know. fucking shit about you. Like, it's going to snap. It's going to snap. <laughs> it's going to snap. Yeah, that's the best. And then you see um, with, with, Gla- with Gladius, how do you feel like? Because I got with Gladius and Noctis, I got like a big brother exactly. and little brother relationship. You got that same relationship? I got the same relationship. Was, well, I always felt like they all had a, some kind of brother relationship. I felt yeah. like... Um, Gladius was more of just like the strong-willed big brother that needs to teach him a lesson, but he's yeah. gonna let him fall on his face first before he tells you "I told you so," and then mm-hmm. dust you, and then dust you off afterwards. Whereas yeah. Ignis is more of the person who's gonna give you the the talk, like, "Listen, this is what's really gonna happen. It's yeah. whether you choose to do it or not. That's up to you right about now. But I'll tell you how it's really gonna go. Point A and point B is gonna happen. If you don't do this, you might get dumped." Or you might get mm-hmm. this, or this might happen right here. He's more the tactician in a friendship. He's a guy yeah. that has like the the last word or the word the the kind words of wisdom. And yeah. then you have Prompto, who's like oh. your Michelangelo. He's yeah. just you know your fun loving friend that's always down to do different things, down to get in trouble, down to have fun, down to just go crazy all out and geek out with you. So they all had different vessels. Yeah, I and I like I said, I love them individually. They're funny. They like uh, they have their own uh, sarcasm to them, and um, also the battling system. How'd you feel about that? Because I think the battling system was pretty freaking dope. At know? first, it was a little different for me. At yeah. first, just the the commands of trying to go through different characters and link different 
uh, combinations together was a little bewildering at first. I will tell you that. I was just playing with mm-hmm. one character for about no. 30 minutes. And then like yeah. I started like just throwing combinations apart. Um, started doing different little um, things with Gladius with the heavy sword, which is great at first just to knock characters yeah. out the way for bounties and whatnot. But different mm-hmm. chains of attacks, especially with Ignis as well, two different chains of attacks with his weapon arsenal. Um, yeah. Pronto as well too, even though Pronto was more of attack, uh, not like more of a range expert, Still, everything came in handy with everything. Uh, one thing that was a little jarring for me no. was the navigation system while battling. I felt like too much was happening at first. So as a new, as someone new going into this game, I felt like they may be a little jarred because like, hey, like so many things are happening right now. I'm fighting. No. People are flying. I'm flying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm disappearing. Weapons are disappearing. I'm choosing yeah. people. People are doing things. People are taking pictures. What the hell is going on? So I can see as someone new going into this game, they may feel a little bewildered. But the same token, though, if you love RPGs, JRPGs, action RPGs, you're going to love this game. But I advise you to put the game on wait mode. I think it was something like that, wait mode. Mm -hmm. And it's an option that you toggle in your option menu. It slows down the fighting, you know, where it forms a little circle around the enemies and you see... Uh, their health and stuff and you can take your time and attack who you want to attack as opposed to just going all over the place I really, you know i'm attack who so it has that option but I, I just love that game man i got nothing bad about to say about that game you're better than me i went in balls deep mode and i got my ass whipped like too many times <laughs> yeah. but uh, i love that yeah. game man and and then um the freaking um the summons that's another thing that i love summons were to over the top, I was gonna say to ten, but they break the house down. The summons, yeah, yeah. When when Ramu freaking comes out and smites the whole ground and obliterates everything, it's like when I first saw it, I was like, "What the what the heck is going on?" You get what I'm saying? Because <laughs> the screen started getting purplish, and all of a sudden you see just smite the ground. The summons were just amazing because that's what a summon should be. You know, Final yeah. Fantasy has has established a summon as a godlike figure. So they really, in Final Fantasy XV, made them godlike figures, almost bigger than the world. No, so, I agree. I agree. I, if anything, I, I feel like summons have been part of the back burner since uh, Final Fantasy XIII, when they made yeah. them like cars almost, or like Yeah, that mechs. was real stupid. I was yeah. like, what's going on? I have a lot of love for Final Fantasy XIII. There's a lot of good in that game, but there's a lot of bad in it as well, too. But at the same yeah. token, um, these summons were like watch like it's like playing Shadow of Colossus as well too, which yeah. would be an honorable mention if I had a top ten as well too. These summons mm-hmm. were gigantic, so I mean mm-hmm. that's one of the things I love about Final Fantasy fifteen is that like everything is more realistic. Like the animals are realistic, things are size proportioned in a realistic manner. Mm-hmm. Well, it was just go ahead. Yeah. Oh no! Wait, I I I was just gonna say um that yeah it was that aspect and then like how you kind of have to do like the challenges to get the summons and all that stuff. So it, it's just, it's just a great game. I, yeah. I enjoyed it overall and like the battle which uh, I don't want to spoil too much. I apologize, but yeah, good to guess. I'm just gonna give my honorable mention because mm. I don't want to spoil for Go people for who haven't Go you know, for really really played Final Fantasy 15. So my honorable mention is a game that consumed me, but a lot of people really don't consider it an RPG. But if you look it up, it's considered a uh, open-world shooter RPG. And I consider it RPG, because if you consider Skyrim an RPG, yeah. or Oblivion, or anything as long that nature, you can consider this game an RPG. And my honorable mention, which could have been my number one easily, is Fallout 3. I had a feeling you were going to have that yeah, somewhere. I, yeah, it's Fallout 3, because that is another game where 
it, it, I just like how you beat Kingdom Hearts plenty of times. I've beaten Fallout Three plenty of times, and I've beaten it pre-trophy days because when Fallout Three first came out, I did not have trophies or nothing like that, and it was glitchy and buggy. And I just destroyed that game because I've never really played a game like that for that time. It consumed me where I was like... Sorry, and not to cut you off, but... I love Fallout. Fallout's one of my favorite games as well of all time as well, too. Fallout 3 is incredible. Fallout 4 is incredible. I didn't know which one to put on my honorable mentions as well, too. So I kind of just left it out because I felt they were both equal. But yeah, you were saying about the mechanics about Fallout. Oh, like, I was just, like I was saying, yeah, I was just, like, captivated with it from the jump because, you know, it is a game that I really didn't see up doing that until that time that, you know, like I said, you just step out the vault and you got this whole world to explore at your fingertips. You get what I'm saying? It's like that wasteland is your world. You do whatever you want, you know, because 3 had the good and the bad morale, so you could just run around, you know, bodying people Oh, you want to be a rebel? Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to steal from somebody. You know, I'm going to take your belongings. Then you could be the holy, you know, and moly nice person of the wastelands, you know, and just do everything fine and dandy and be that angel, you know. And for me, it was just kind of like, wow, this is pretty dope. And then it had like the whole, you know, factions with the Brotherhood, the Enclave, the scientific aspect with the laser weapons and all that stuff, the raiders. It just made the Wastelands feel like you're home. You can do anything. Oh, and 4, 4 was just amazing, you know, because everybody was waiting for, a, I wouldn't say a sequel, but everybody was waiting for a new Fallout game. And then 4 came out and it delivered. It did not disappoint, you know. So, yeah, definitely. Just like how Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 weren't disappointments, Top 5, in my opinion, the last episodes we have done have not been disappointments. I think this has been a very, very fun episode, just like all of them. I don't know how you feel about it, but I love this episode. It's always full of surprises. Yeah, bro. I, I love. I, honestly, I love every Top 5. Like When you came to, to me with the idea, amazing. I, this one, even more, Like I love it because it's a subject near and dear to my heart, as all of them have been in the past. Besides the horror flicks, you know, you know, I'm not that as much of a <laughs> horror flick buff, but I still watch some of them. But yeah, I love this episode and Pop Five Man. It, it's awesome. Definitely, definitely, man. And, and um, to bring this to a close, where can people find you, brother? They can find me here on Bumpers at underscore J Rants at the Stoop and always at the Kamora Chronicles. And they can find me on Twitter at EDM Trippy. I appreciate the feedback to follow those people. You know, let us know how we're doing. Let me know how we're doing. And that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, bro? Oh, bro, they can find me here on Bumpers at the new and improved Sideshow Convos. So, yeah, you can um, get at me on Facebook. I open up a new group page on Facebook called Sideshow Convos as well, too, for all geek culture when it comes to pro wrestling mma comic books you name it godzilla it doesn't really matter you name it we love it we're going to talk about it so add us up there join the join the parade as i like to call it um val cisco at twitter val cisco on instagram as well too you know look us up we're always trying to do different things as well so yeah also on the Cromora chronicles we're going to be on um, itunes and we're on Google Play as well, too. So look us up. We're on Podcast Republic. So whether it be the Kamara Chronicles talking about all MMA all the time, or whether it be um, the side show convos just talking about every bit of banter, pop five, um, different reviews of movies, you know. Real quick before we sign off, uh, I seen um, you did that poll on the side room convo. Um, 
Actually, uh, are you going to do that Stranger Things 2 review anytime soon? Because I'm almost done with the season. You know I don't what? Know um, yeah. I'm thinking about let's try to do it the next episode. I'm trying to roll mm-hmm. a new segment for, for mm-hmm. the fans out here. It's going to be called Nothing to Watch with a question mark. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like when you really have nothing to watch and you can tell yourself, damn, I wish I could watch something, but I really don't know what to watch. That's what the segment mm-hmm. is going to be about. Picking different things out on the day, picking different movies, shows, uh, in theaters, and just trying something different and giving it to the fans. So that's what I want to do with Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Because like I said, I'm almost done with the season. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. If we do that podcast, people look out for that. And I actually like that idea. Nothing to watch. I'll keep a lookout for that, as everybody should as well. Yes, definitely, definitely, man. But as always, it's been a pleasure with you, man. I can't wait for the next one. Likewise, man. Take care, and everybody take care. Take care. Later.